Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Thank y'all for your prayers. I felt so much better. Um, I was sick New Year's Eve. Did not expect to miss our first New Year's Eve service. Um, and then on New Year's Day, I got news that my youngest brother went home to be with Jesus. And so, but thank God he's with Jesus. So today we're going to talk about kingdom living. Such a nice name, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, I just kind of tore up some lights here. <laughs> they uh, cracked it. So let's pray again, and we'll dive into this word, and I got some props. <laughs> Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Pray not on me, but all of you. Grant unto me your son and your slave supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. I pray for your people that you'll grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope for your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So um, thinking about this series for a while and um, thinking about kingdom living, um, as we think about kingdom living, what, we, what do we think about besides the name of our church? There's a little echo. Um, we're thinking about living out the kingdom. How do we live out? Uh, I thought you were telling me to move this up. <laughs> Um, living out the kingdom. How do we live out the kingdom? And so with that in mind, I think I'm too excited about these props, so y'all pray for me. Um, so as I think about living out the kingdom, I think about the kingdom of God, how the kingdom of God has always been. This is a never-ending kingdom, right? So this kingdom has always been in existence, even in the Old Testament, even before the Old Testament. And so what we do, what we do have is we have a um, ancient ways, old ways, old news, old-fashioned faith. And it's just new to every, new gen I mean, every generation. So as I was thinking about the ways that we communicate and the ways that the way things have changed, I was sick on New Year's Day, and my wife was in South Carolina visiting her parents, and she ordered food, soup, and it was in, within an hour, it was at my door. And I'm like, this is crazy. So as I think about this, um, as far as living out the kingdom, it's, it's, always, it's always a living. You know, it's, it's, holiness um, is still right, right? <laughs> holiness is old, and yet it's, we're in a society that will look at it as, you know, it's irrelevant. But it's still the same regardless of the society or the culture. And so I... I, as I thought about that, I, I thought about um, the way things have changed as it relates to reading a book, right? Back in the day, it was a physical copy. 
and you can't have this copy because this there's no other copies like this. This is an original copy, and it's seven hundred dollars on Amazon. So, um, <laughs> but you can get the e-copy. So, right? I gotta watch that. Um, and then we have the Kindle, which we can we can actually, you know, that it's it's still the same thing, right? As far as reading. But it's just a new way of communicating, right? All right, so that, that's pretty unique. How many of y'all like uh, e-books better than uh, physical books? Who like e-books better? All right, raise your hand, raise your hand. Let me see your hands. Hi. One, two, three, four. Only four people? Uh, okay. How many of y'all like physical copies? All right. How many like audio copies? <laughs> oh, okay. So, all right. So we get we got some someone. All right. How many like all three? Okay, I like all three too. All right. All right. So we have that, and then um, as we think about, let's say, how things you know, um, growing up, I was a little boy, and I remember mom got saved, and I was in at, at, in our little room at my grandma's house, and she had an A track, and I, I was looking for an A track, I couldn't find one. And then, like, surely, as soon as I discovered it, it, it disappeared. And, um, and then there was a thing that came out, um, cassettes. Can, can you actually believe I have a cassette player? Um, it, it's, it's like a Walkman. It's a Walkman. You can put your cassette in here. And you can plug it to your computer now. <laughs> Transfer all your cassettes. And you can do MP3 files on that. So, so now we have cassettes, right? Um, um, cassettes, right? Yeah. You know, y'all remember those? Yeah. Some of y'all too young for them. Cassettes. <laughs> Lord. Lauren was like, oh, what is that? <laughs> yes, it's cassettes. Look, look brand new, right? Look at that. Um, Keith Moore, humility. Uh, okay, and then as, 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 as you know, we have um, VHS, right? How many of y'all still got VCRs? Uh, raise your hand, VCR, okay, a few of you. How many of y'all don't have a VCR? Makai's like, what in the world is that? <laughs> so you definitely don't know what a beta, beta is, right? <laughs> so um, this is VCR, uh, I mean uh, VHS, and um, it's interesting. We, we, that's still a, not around like it used to be. Blockbuster used to be big, and, and then they just didn't get with the flow, right? They could have been the, the red block box. They was hard-headed. Um, oh, here's another book, Why Revival Terry's got this in Jamaica. Uh, that's pretty good. All right, um, so, um, and then, um, really, this is the area that I kind of thrived in. It, it was CDs, right? Look at that, look at that, CDs. Who, who still listens to CDs? Oh, what? CDs, okay. What, CDs? Somewhat, okay. So, um, CDs, and, and this is what men and... Cleveland went to Mexico, that's from us painting. I had to go and dig this stuff up. And then it's cassettes, CDs, 
And then me, me and Cleveland actually, we, we made a couple CDs. We actually did. We made, um, uh, I was preaching about confessions, and we took the, um, there was a song that came out a few years ago by Usher called These Are My Confessions, and uh, we kind of turned that thing around. Um, but um, this is something that most of y'all don't know about is, uh, I don't think y'all know, but y'all, you know, who am I dealing with, right? Is in the, in the era of CDs, there was mini disc. Oh, okay, my fault. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it might still work. It's, it's, I was listening to it last night. I was like, whoa, this is good. Let me, let me put this back. All right. And, but we skipped an area. We skipped an area. <laughs> we, skipped, we skipped an area. And um, we have the vinyls. Right? And, and, and that is... Um, that CC Wine's latest project, by the way, people are still making vinyls. Vinyls are back. They're selling it twice as much as they were. They're like 24 at Walmart. That's Tremaine Hawkins. Um, and then there's the Clark sisters. Oh, that's the Seckler. Sorry, Quincy Jones. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, my fault. Oh, this is Howard Smith. Um, he was an Andre Crouch um, backup singer back in the day, and so he, Lord blessed him. And then this is um, Edwin Hawkins. This is one of my favorite projects. Um, don't, don't look at his perm. He's this California. I know some of y'all are like, what? <laughs> but we'll, uh, maybe we'll play a little bit of that. So, <laughs> um, I was listening to A.A. Allen this morning as, as I was preparing sermon, sermon prep. Um, I got here, I got some old Andre Krauss right here. This is another day live in London. So we, we have that. Um, and so uh, what do y'all want to hear a little bit while I talk about this message? Just a, a minute of it. Okay. Oh, maybe y'all Andre Krauss or Edwin Hawkins? Andre Krauss. All right. Uh, a BB and CC first project. <laughs> That's no makeup. That's when she didn't believe in makeup. She was on PTL, Jim Baker. Um, um, so, um, who, Edwin Hawkins or Andre Crouch? Okay, you have no idea. All right. All right. So, let's do the perm. You, you, you want to do the one with the perm? Who said that? That's not the song I want. Okay, wrong song. Look at that. Open that for me. All right, so. So. <laughs> not with this. All right, so we have here. Um, kingdom living, right? So is this something that is old, but yet is relevant for today? And we have all these means in which we 
um, can listen to music or read books, and we see, yet we see our society is constantly changing. So how do we keep that which is old relevant in our lives, kingdom living? So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6. Um, you can actually pick up. Um, okay, can anybody guess how much I paid for this right here? $50? Wait, who said $10? $9. Walmart, because they discontinue it. It was 45. <laughs> so that's pretty good, right? I just picked it up yesterday. So, <laughs> the Lord led me. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 6, 16 it says this, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. And find rest for your souls. But this is what the people responded. We will not walk in it. And so here we see that the Lord is instructing his people to look for the ancient paths. Look for something that is old. Look for something that is, 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 is been around for some time. If, if you find something new, especially in Christianity, something like new revelation, something that's never existed before, then it's probably not Christianity. It's not based on the Bible because, it, it, God, you know, and people use that scripture, God is doing a new thing. <coughs> and, and, and what it is, it's, it's an old thing in a new generation. So it's not necessarily new to the Lord. His name is often referred to as the ancient of days or the ancient of time or ancient. You know, um, and so we see from here, Jeremiah's instructing God's people to look for the old landmarks. Everybody say old landmarks. Amen. So go with me to Jude 3. Jude 3. That's the book right before the Revelation. Jude 3. And it says this. <clears throat> Beloved, Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for what? The faith, the faith that was once that was once delivered for all, or once for all delivered to the saints. So we're to contend for an old faith, a faith that's been around a long time. And sometimes what it is is that people are looking for something new and looking for something new. I'm sorry, I'm losing a lot of weight, and, and, and it's like I, I didn't find the right belt. <laughs> um, uh, it, that basically in looking for something new, you miss what God has already established. So you want to not look for a new revelation. Sometimes people read the Bible looking for something new in the sense of something that never, no one has ever talked about, never preached about. And we, we're not to do that. We're to, we're to affirm that which has already been and, and feed that. And so if you go to, with me to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy real quick, then we'll get to our crunch line. 2 Timothy 
And um, and let's look at Second Timothy here. Simply says this. Um, sorry, I, I actually is yeah Second Timothy chapter two says you then my child been strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and, and trust to, to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And it goes on, it talks about how um, to share in the sufferings, which I have, uh, I have. But there, there's a passage here that he goes on. He says, for you have known my struggle. You've known um, walking basically what I've already given to you and what you what you know, and, and go, if you jump down to verse 8, it says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in, in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus. That was not what I was looking for, but it sounded good. <laughs> and so we see here that um, Paul is instructing his son in the faith. And so I, I'm going to get right to the crunch line. So how do we live out the kingdom? How do we live out the kingdom? Um, kingdom living is about living out God's kingdom every single day. How do, we how do we do this? How do we do this thing called Christianity? How do we do this thing called faith? Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 says this, verse 16. Let's start with verse 8. First, I thank my God through Christ Jesus, or through Jesus Christ for all of you all, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. And that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And he goes on. This is a church that he did not establish. Rome, the church at Rome was not a church that he established. It was actually a church that somehow someone came and preached the gospel. People, a bunch of people got saved and the church was established. So Paul is writing the book of Romans to make sure that they got the gospel right. How many know it's important that we get the gospel right? And so he's making sure that they understand what the gospel of Jesus Christ is, all the way from Abraham until Jesus Christ and so forth. Go jump down to verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Notice this. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. How many know that we don't need to be ashamed of the gospel? Amen. The gospel that you're ashamed of is the gospel that you will not experience. Amen. And so here, Paul says, you know, this gospel has so much power in it. It is the power of God. Many times people want the power of God, but they don't want the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Christ. And so here, Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, and it tells you what the power of God is there for, for salvation to everyone who believes. Notice it's not just the power of God for everyone in general, but specifically to those who believe. 
and verse 17, for in it or in the gospel, the righteousness or the rightness or the justness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so as kingdom citizens, as people who've been part of the kingdom of God, we are to live by faith. Everybody say the just, the just or the righteous, the righteous shall live, live by faith. Now, what does that mean? That does not mean you go out and get a car by faith in the sense of, oh, I'm going to fake it to I'm going to faith it to I make it or fake it to I make it. No, it means that you, your whole entire life is governed by your faith. The way you raise your kids is governed by your faith. The way you um, look at movies is governed by your faith. The way that you think is governed by your faith. The way you spend your money is governed by your faith. The way that you deal with your body is governed by your faith. Are you with me? Every part of the Christian um, is governed, should be governed by their faith. Right? And that's how we live out the kingdom. We are faith-filled people, people of faith that is governed. Though we may not see it, though we don't understand it, we give in faith, we live in faith, we sleep in faith. Come on. How do you sleep in faith? You don't worry when you go to bed. God neither sleeps nor slumbers. That means he's not like, oh, man, I, I've been up all these years. <laughs> they called me at the job SP which is called sleeping pastor. Because <laughs> sometimes they catch me like, <laughs> are you sleeping again? If I don't drink my green tea. <laughs> and so um, we have to govern our lives. So we sleep in faith. We sleep that, we trust that there are angels watching over us as we sleep. Amen. Um, uh, we, we go to work by faith. Today will be a great day. It will be a productive day. Uh, we're working not just for a paycheck. We're not just working for that person or the, the um, owner. That's another bub. Um, we are working for King Jesus. Amen. And so look at your job. Your job, when you got saved, in one sense, your job got saved. Because now your job is sanctified unto the Lord. And so now you work unto King Jesus. King Jesus is really your boss. I'm going to show you that in a minute from Colossians. Uh, we get married in faith. So that means if a person, um, the, the minimum requirement for a Christian to get married to another person is that they have to be a Christian. Minimum. So a Christian should not marry a Muslim. A Christian should marry a Jewish person. Uh, we started to say, New Covenant. I mean, um, did they get the revelation of who Jesus is? Um, a, 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 a Christian shouldn't marry an unbeliever. Well, they just don't believe or agnostic. A Christian should marry another Christian, right? And, and so you get married by faith. You raise your kids by faith. So you raise them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, you train them in the way that they should go. You bring them to church. You let them hear the word. You have Bible study. You pray for them. You pray over them and so forth. And so we see here that um, every part of the Christian is to live by faith. All right, let's go to a couple of scriptures and then I'll get to the main one. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. 
Are you getting anything out of this? We're talking about how do we live out this kingdom, kingdom living, the series, right? How do we live this kingdom? First, you got to live by faith. That, that this simply means, uh, am I governed my entire um, existence? Is it, is it governed by faith? Is it, am I governed by my faith? So if the Bible says whatever is not faith is sin. So it's not, if it's not of faith, it's sin. So what are you doing? Are you doing that by faith? As you clean the church, are you cleaning by faith? Are you, as you clean at home, are you cleaning by faith? Are you working by faith? What are you working by? What's motivating you? What's governing your, your actions, your words? Are you saying that by faith? Man. Second Peter. Well, that's hard. Well, <laughs> the Bible says the ways of the transgressors is hard. <laughs> But Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, here we go. It says 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to what? Life and what else? Godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. So notice this scripture tells us that God's divine power has been granted to us and given to us. Everything that we need for life and godliness. Life and godliness. We have everything we need for life and to live for God. Let me say that again. Godliness is living for God. We have everything we need for life. How many know we're in life right now? We're living to live again. All right? So we're actually practicing. This is a rehearsal for a bigger show. Amen. God, you know God's about to put on a big show, right? I'm going to show you this in a minute in, in Ephesians. We're living, this is, I heard a quartet singer sing, sing this when I was just a kid. Uh, this is just a rehearsal. This is just a rehearsal. We are preparing for something. Uh, coming to church every Sunday is preparing you for something. It's, it's, it's a little bit of heaven on earth. You're, you're getting a taste of heaven, We're singing together, praying together. You won't be confessing your sins, right? No, I, I messed up. <laughs> Sharing secrets, no. Uh, there will be no secrets in heaven, right? Uh, but, but, but you get the point. You're practicing. There's going to be music in heaven, right? Uh, there's there, there's going to be singing, shouting, dancing, there's going to be all kinds of music, rock and roll. I don't believe in rock and roll. Well, guess what? God created a music, right? God got some godly rock and roll. He got some reggae in heaven. It's going to be wild, classical, all kinds of stuff going on at once, and music you have never heard of, the sound of heaven, and that's going to be in heaven. So we're practicing for a better life. A better being, a better dispensation, and so God has given to us everything that we have, everything we need for life. So whatever you, whatever, whatever you're facing in life, you have what it takes to overcome it. Let me say that again. Whatever you're facing in life, you have what it takes to overcome it. Jesus said, "I have overcome." Let's go there real quick. John chapter sixteen. John chapter sixteen. John chapter 16 and jump down to verse um, 20, 
23, um, John 16, I'm sorry, it, it was not John 6, 16. I believe it is John 14, 15. It's one of the 14s. <laughs> um, John 14, let me see here. Yes, John 14, and it is not. Okay, but y'all bear with me. Um, Jesus said this. Actually, John 16. It's John 16, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. It says, I have these things, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart or take courage. I have overcome the world. And so we see here that because Jesus overcame, we overcome. Amen. And so we have everything we need in life to overcome. We are overcomers. Okay, go first John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. Kingdom living. How, how do we live out this kingdom? One, you live by faith. That's the first thing. You live by faith. Two, um, you live by overcoming. First John, let's just start with verse 1. First John chapter 5, 1 through 4, 1 through 5. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Who believes that Jesus is the Christ? Come on, let me see your hand. If you believe that Jesus is Christ, that, that means that you wholeheartedly believe that he is the anointed one. He's the Messiah. He's God's righteous one. He is sent from the Father. He is Lord. He died for your sins. He was raised for your justification. If you believe that wholeheartedly, then you are born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of, of him. By this, we know that we love the children when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. So what is the love of God? How do you know you have love for God? See, sometimes people base their love for God based on how they feel. Or based on, a, I think sometimes the praise and worship songs can trick us. Because we sing songs, I love you, Lord. I worship you. I love you. And we're singing these wonderful songs, and we think that we are loving God. But that is a, a small portion of really how you love him. You love him by how you obey him. To know him is to love him. To love him is to obey him. Right? And so if you love God, it's going to show up in your life. You will be obedient to God. And so everybody, oh, I love, he, that person really loves God. Well, how do you know they love God? If they're not obeying God, they don't love him. Right? And so this scripture tells us, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, plural. And his commandments are not burdensome, for everyone who is born of God overcomes what? The world. the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world except the one Except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you have overcome the world. Why? Because he overcame. Because he overcame, you overcome. And the Bible talks about in Revelation that he gives rewards to those who overcome. So I'm looking at a bunch of overcomers today. 
That's how we live in the kingdom. We overcome. We go from trial to trial, and we overcome from trial to trial. You can't overcome if you never go through a trial. God does not give you faith so that you won't have any trials. He gives you faith so you can overcome the trials. Amen. We are overcomers. We are overcomers. Now, uh, uh, back in the day, we shall overcome. No, no, no. We not shall overcome. We overcame. Because he overcame, we overcome. Amen. And so because of our faith in Jesus, we overcome. And we live in the kingdom because of our faith in Jesus. We live out this kingdom because of our faith in Jesus. And as our faith is constantly fed, we overcome tribulation. We overcome sickness and disease. We overcome poverty. We overcome temptation. We fight against everything that Jesus died to defeat. Amen. Amen. And so 2 Peter 1.3 says that God has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Life and godliness. So you have everything you need to make it in life. And if you're not making it in life, it is not God's fault. It is your fault. If you're not making it in life, it's because you're not doing what, you, you're not doing what God has told you to do. Or you don't understand what God has already accomplished for you. So, this right here, we have been giving, given the stewardship over what God has given us. And we have to do some things. And let's, there's a scripture I want to go to in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Actually, yes, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 4. The, uh, th there's some things that we ha have to do. Um, everything, everything that God has given us is actually 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and let, let's look at verse 12. Verse 12, it says this. Therefore, let any, anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he falls. No temptation has overcome you, overtaking you, that is not common to man. God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your, your what? Your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. So whatever you're facing, temptation also means testing and trials. So whatever you're been tested in, God believes enough in you. He has given you enough life and enough godliness to endure whatever you're facing. Isn't that good news? So, you know, the, what, they used to say, what they say is God will not put more on you than you can what? You better, it is a true saying because he's not going to allow you to be tempted above what you're able to handle. So whatever you're facing in life, he is giving you what the tools and the graces to overcome in life. That's good. Because it would be unfair if he gave, if there was more on me than I, what I could handle. Amen. Amen. Um, 
So the way that this series came, it came as a result of this little interlude like here. Success is in your hand. Follow my plan. I've called you for this house and placed in you my power. It's in your hand. Follow my plan. I will do exceedingly. Above all you ask of me, it's in your hand. Follow my plan. Don't wait to the left. Don't wait to the right. It's in your How many know that's true? Success is in your hands. You got to follow God's plan. You got to discover that plan and you got to follow that plan. Sometimes what we, what we have done is we have left what belongs to us up to God. And sometimes what we've done is we've tried to take what belongs to God and deal with it. We have to be careful of not blaming God or or or, or pointing to God what we, we, he has given. God is not going to do what you can do. God will only do what you can't do. God expects us to do the possible, and he'll do the impossible. What's possible with us, he's not going to do it. Holy Spirit has been sent to help, and if you're not doing anything, you're not giving him anything to work with. You have to do your part. You have to pray. You have to fast. You have to read the scriptures. You have to witness. You have to be faithful over the calling and the grace of God over your life. You have to do your part. All right, um, real quick, let's go to Matthew 6. From here. Well, actually, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Um, familiar scripture says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can, what? Escort. Do you believe that God is able? I, right now, close your eyes. Think of something big that you want God to do in your life right now, in the next week or the next month or, the, or this year, 2020. What is it so big that is it's so big that it's going to take God to make it happen? Get that thing in mind, all right? Listen to the scripture. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think. So the thing that you're thinking about right now, God is able to do a far more abundantly than what you're asking or what you're thinking right now. That's pretty big, right? Okay, so let's look at the scripture. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, right? Notice he, he put in ask or think. According to what? The power 
at work within us. So it's according to the power that God is at work within us. If he can get it in you, right, he can get it through you. If he can work it in you, he can work it through you. And what happens is many times people want God to work through them or through them or Lord, use me or Lord, um, do this for me. Lord, um, may someone bless me with a million dollars. But many a times God will says, OK, can I get the million dollars to you so that you can put it in the right hands so you can sow it correctly? Um, if he can if he can trust you with it, then he can bless you with it, you know. And so here he says, according to the power that works within you, according to the power that works within you. And God is more concerned about what's happening inside of you than just trying to get something for you. Amen. And so he wants to build that character. Uh, um, last scripture, I think, is Matthew 6, verse 33. Matthew 6, verse 33. And I'll stop there and we'll pick up in Colossians next week. Um, here we go. Uh, Matthew 6, 33 says this. But seek first, what? The kingdom of what? Mm. All right, so there are many kingdoms, right? The kingdom of man, your, your self kingdom. Oh, uh, hey, yourself is in king. Self is on the throne. You got, how many know you got to dethrone self? You got to dethrone flesh. Flesh, no. You get, get down off the throne. Um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Notice the first thing he says, seek first. You got to seek the kingdom of God first. How do you seek the kingdom of God first? I'm glad you asked. How do you live out this kingdom? Kingdom living. Seeking the kingdom first. How do we seek the kingdom? Many times we, we think we're seeking the kingdom because we pray it. Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That, that, that's part of seeking the kingdom. But then when you pray that and God gives you an opportunity to live out the kingdom, you just fail. You know, let's say you're praying for God to, um, um, Lord, use me today, Father. I'm asking you to use me today. Father, I, 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 I'll do what you say do. I'll go where you say go. I'll be what you say be. And someone at the job offends you, and God gives you an opportunity to forgive. So, so it's easy to pray for his will, but it's challenging to actually do it every day. It's not enough to pray that. I think we pray a lot of good prayers. We pray dangerous prayers. But then when God get, answers those prayers, we look like, what? I ain't doing that. <laughs> That's not in my job description. We, we, we have to. So how do you seek the kingdom? As you read Matthew 6, um, let's just real brief, go to Matthew 6. The first three, first four verses um, tells you how to seek the kingdom. The first way in which Jesus gives us a clue of how to seek the kingdom is giving. Um, it's, it talks about giving to the needy and giving in such a way that no one knows that you gave. And this is why I have a problem with sometimes in social media when churches, they pay off medical bills and they get up and they announce that they paid off medical bills. When Jesus says to give in secret, 
uh, this is why we didn't want anybody to videotape per se um, what we did on Christmas Day and to put it on social media. We're not trying to make people, oh, look what we're doing. No one needs to know but God Amen. what we're doing in secret. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's the way that God, see, those who seek to publicize their giving, has re they receive their reward. But if you give in secret, God will reward you publicly. So don't ever give in a place to be seen. Always give secretly. If your enemies do something to you and there is a way that you can cash out them, some money without it pointing it back to you, do it. The Bible says bless those that curse you. Create an email just so that you can bless them and they know nothing who, where the money came from. So they can say, oh, I want to thank you. I mean, just do something that's going to tell. I mean, that's hard on the flesh to give where nobody else knows that you gave to them. <laughs> that's hard because we want the glory. Look what I did. I gave. And, and I'm not knocking churches that have made known what they've done. I just think that we need to be careful. And then you embarrass the person. You can embarrass the person. Oh, they had $100,000 uh, medical bills. Well, why do I have to put them on blast? I mean, right. just, maybe they didn't want to know, you know? They, they, maybe they, they oh, okay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. <sighs> uh, <laughs> so, so we give in secret. So give in secret. Give in secret. Uh, you know, if, if you're tithing, tithe in secret. I'm not, you give an envelope and take advantage of the government right now, right? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying, so you get your report and you can get some type of credit. But I'm talking about, oh, I tithe. You know, well, nobody has to know, like, all the details. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's between you and God. All right, um, look at the second part. Um, so the first way of seeking the kingdom is how? Giving. <laughs> okay. Second is prayer. So from verses 5 through 14, um, Jesus outlines the Lord's prayer, and he talks about praying. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, everybody say, when you pray, when, you pray. when I pray. You go into your room and you shut the door and you pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So you don't need to let everybody know you're praying for them. It, you know, I mean, it, we do need to tell people, hey, we're praying for you. Um, encouragement, that's good. But don't be so quick to let people know that you're praying for them. Sometimes it's just good to pray secretly. And you can pray and see the manifestation of what you pray for in a person's life come to pass. And that person doesn't ever have to know that you actually had a part in that. How I many you know it's, 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 it's um, flesh that says, well, I, I prayed for you. That could be prideful. But pray in secret. It's easy to pray publicly. There was, there's a woman of God, a woman of God who's home with the Lord. Her name is Jenny Wilkinson. Um, and she... The Bible says, I mean, the Bible says, um, her grandson says that she hated to pray publicly. She sought private prayer time more than public prayer time. Public prayer time is challenging because when we pray, because the Bible tells us to pray publicly, but don't seek to pray publicly. 
all the time. Seek to pray privately where no one knows what you're praying for and how you're praying except for Jesus. Are you with me? Yes. Private prayer time when you're praying and you're, you may be praying for somebody for hours upon hours. Upon, now, now, if sometimes the Lord leads you and t will lead you to let you let that person know that you're praying for them as a way of encouragement. I'm not saying not to let them know that, but at the same time, don't be boastful of the fact I prayed you through, or I prayed this ministry through. You know, uh, if it wasn't for my prayers, you'd be burning in hell right now. <laughs> I birthed you in the kingdom. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, and it's quote unquote intercessors, right? Um, which is not a, 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 a part of the fivefold ministry gifts. Um, uh, the intercessors, oh, it's like, oh, I'm an intercessor. Every Christian is an intercessor. Y'all do understand that, right? Every Christian is called an intercede. Well, I intercede for five hours. Welcome to the world of Jesus. He ever liveth to intercede. All right, so, and he goes on the Lord's Prayer. And the third way in which to seek the kingdom is fasting. Uh, verse 16 through 18. It says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. Sometimes when some people are fasting, you can tell they're fasting. They're moody. <laughs> What's wrong with you? My church is, we on Daniel fast, 21 days. <laughs> Why do people got to, I mean, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So when you fast, don't let everybody know you're fasting. Except for if it's a corporate fast like we're doing starting tomorrow, right? <laughs> We're going to fast for 21 days. Daniel fast. Uh, we, we, um, the printer jack, was jacked up, but we can email you some guidelines of what to pr how to fast. We've been doing the Daniel fast for quite some time. Um, some people's like, I just want to do water, and that's great, uh, but I, we want to encourage you to start somewhere. And, and it, Daniel fast is it, it's, it's, it's more disciplined, actually, because you can't, can't eat certain food. <laughs> and, um, and your flesh is crying out for others. But if you do like a straight fast and nothing but water, usually after the third or fourth day, right, um, you, you, you can do the 21 days, 40 days without water. I mean without, sorry, don't do that. <laughs> we have somewhere to go. <laughs> um, uh, without food. Um, and usually when you're fasting like that, you're, you're, um, all the toxin that's inside of you from bad stuff that you're eating you'll start getting headaches. And usually they'll stop a lot of people from fasting. It's not the devil attacking your mind. It's just that all that bad stuff you've been eating all year round is coming up to the surface. And so, uh, when, you, know, so you find yourself with a headache. It's, it's not just the devil attacking you. It's just that you know, you've just been eating bad stuff all year round or maybe most of your life. Um, but when you fast, you are rebooting your system. And there's some benefits to it. I was talking to my barber, and he, he says that whenever he, he's sick, he just fasts. And I said, wow, that's pretty unique. He said, yeah, I got that from the Muslims. He says, you know, they, they don't like taking medicine. I don't either. And, and whenever I get sick, uh, I just, I'll just not eat, and I'll feel better for a couple of days. And there is some benefits to actually fasting. 
uh, my, my former pastor in Oklahoma, he actually, he went on a 40-day fast every year, 40 days with water and coffee. And one year he did 60 days. And, um, and he just, he, but he, you know, walking miracles, raised people from the dead, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and, and so I'm working on this. Yeah, he's just like, oh, blind eyes, be open. And, 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 one, time, and one time they said when he was on a six-day fast, um, it, it's like the glory was there. And when you were talking to him, it, it felt like he was going to read your mind, like read what's going on in your life. And, um, and so he went and laid hands on this nice Sunday school teacher. And when he did, a devil manifested. Yeah. And so fa- there's something to that fasting. But he, he was graying. And the grand process stopped and it reversed. After fasting, fasting, there's so many physical benefits to it. And when you see my afro, then you know, like, whoa, he owns to something. <laughs> so how do you seek the kingdom? You give, you pray, and you fast. Uh, and I want to add this last part is land up treasures in heaven. And part of seeking the kingdom is you seeking the things that are above. You're more concerned about what's in heaven than you are on what's on earth. You're thinking about eternity more than you're thinking about this, this temporary life. You got to develop that more. You got to have eternity on your mind. You got to think about it. When you deal with people, you got to think about eternity. Where will they stay? Where will they be at the end of their life? If they were to die, where would they be? Where would they spend eternity with? And, 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 and you get, a, get an understanding of hell, get an understanding of heaven, get, get an understanding of the second coming. Think, think about these things because these things are important. Amen. I'm going to leave you there. Um, we'll pick up in Colossians next week about living out this kingdom, kingdom living. But, but we talked about, the, just as a review, we talked about um, something old, which is our faith and the gospel. Um, it's built upon um, the, the same God in the Old Testament as the same God in the New Testament. God has not changed. He was, he was, he's, he's just as gracious in the old as he is in the new. And, and we, we see things, of course, different dispensation, different covenant. But we see the new covenant has come and it, it is built upon better promises and we saw some wonderful things in the old covenant and, and so forth. And Jude talks about us contending for the faith. And we talked about how to seek the kingdom of God first. What was the first thing I talked about in seeking the kingdom? What was the first thing we, we shared about? How, was it? What is it? Faith. faith. Living by faith. So you govern your entire life by faith. Then we talked about um, seek first the kingdom of God, right? And how do you put that kingdom first? You By pr- giving, by prayer, and by fasting, land up your treasures on things on, in heaven. You're more concerned about heaven than you are. See, I'm, I'm trying to populate heaven. I'm trying to empty hell, and I want to populate heaven. I want to get as many people as possible to go to heaven. Amen. And, and that, that preparing people for eternity, preparing people to meet their maker, preparing people, and for the Christians, preparing people, Christians to, to meet their maker with some rewards. There's some Christians who, who will barely make it, but then they won't have re- any rewards. I don't know about you, but I want some rewards. Amen? Amen. I, want, I want the angels, when they call Dwayne Wright, <laughs> P.D. Y'all watch out. This is me. Watch out. 
and, and the angels, big, big angels bringing down reward. Oh, man, this is heavy. We, we need 3,000 more. Oh, man. And they come and they bring it. And then what, 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 what am I going to do with these rewards? I'm going to lay them at his feet. I got more to lay at his feet than you do. Oh, glory. <laughs> so so that, that's what you that's what you <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this time together. I pray in the name of Jesus that you are our reward. The reward of worship is God. The reward of Christianity is God and his son and the Holy Spirit. Father, we're so very grateful for salvation. We're so very grateful that we are living out this kingdom. Help us to every single day live out this kingdom. Father, we turn from our wicked ways and we turn to you to live out this kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Wayne, I, 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 I'm not born again and I want to be born again. I want to receive Christ as my Savior. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.